You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Hey everyone, we are back with a new episode of Talk Daredevil, the Daredevil podcast brought to you by the Save Daredevil campaign. Today I am joined by... Hi guys, this is Aisha. Hey, and I'm Rhiannon. Today we are getting together to talk about something that we love, which is cons. After about a year of pandemic life, we're definitely missing cons more than ever. So as a way to give us an excuse to think about cons and remember cons and remember all the things that we love about them, we also wanted to highlight why they were such important experiences for us, not just individually, but also for the campaign and how it really helped the campaign grow in a way that we never thought was possible and never would have been possible if it were only online. So we're going to walk through a few of the major cons that we did, uh, and we're just going to kind of share. So I'm going to throw it to Aisha first. All right. So the first con we attended as a campaign was Ace Comic Con in Arizona in January 2019. Now, this was um, a very emotional time for all of us as the fans because the show had just recently been canceled and um, we had just switched from Renew Daredevil to Save Daredevil, launched the new website. I remember like a week before, um, it was that time when Vincent gave a shout out to us. Uh, he tweeted our website and then our the petition just took off after that. I also, one of the things that I remember about that con was that... Um, you know, we didn't know what frame of mind Charlie was going to be in. You know, this was the first con that, that I booked tickets for. And I had like my plane tickets 100% insured so that if anything goes wrong, I'm not going there. I was only going there for Charlie. A couple of interviews maybe had come out where uh, Charlie had talked about how sad he was that Daredevil was taken away from him. And we were like in a very um, sad emotional state at that time. But we were also, it was a fledgling campaign and we were hoping to connect with fans as well. So that was very important. You know, that was the second time I went on a con with you, Phyllis. Right, yeah. Right. And so I'd, I'd already met you at New York Comic Con 2018. This was, you know, when all the uh, season three press was going on. I also should point out that we met Rhiannon technically for the first time there, too. Right. At, at New York Comic Con, at, right after uh, the build interview. Yeah, we were we were all at the build interview in 2018. And we saw each other in line trying to get into um, Madison Square Garden. That's true. And you were so lovely and gave us those little goodie bags. <laughs> Um, and then the crowd kind of like pushed us all apart, yeah. <laughs> but it was lovely seeing you there. So it, it was mayhem inside yeah. Madison Square Garden, but, um, it was a fabulous uh, experience, uh, going to the, you know, Daredevil panel. So talking about Ace, I mean, Ace was- Different vibes. <laughs> yeah, totally different vibes. I remember for this one, I was already hoping and planning to go. But when the Daredevil cancellation news came through, I was obviously very um, heartbroken and very upset. And everyone was like, don't talk to mom right now. She's uh, having a day. (laughs) And then a little bit later, my husband came downstairs and was like, I bought you passes to Ace Comic Con. (laughs) This is like, you know, hopefully this can help to um, heal the wound a bit. From right. the cancellation news, which was very, very sweet of him. And it was, you know, one of the reasons why I did go. Um, and it was also because at that time when we had decided to go, you know, the campaign was still trying to figure itself out. So I don't think we even intended Ace to really be our first campaign appearance. It kind of just ended up that way. And to, and to also give my husband another shout out, he was the one who suggested that we should put uh, the logo on T-shirts and wear the T-shirts there. So I literally was like, oh, that is a really good idea. So I went and tried to find a t-shirt printing place that would expedite like shirts to us, right? Because I, I bought your shirt to Ace for you. And I was yes, like, and it was like, it was I a- washed it and that was the right size. <laughs> it was a week before, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. that it all came together. And right. I'm like, okay, I've got, we've got t-shirts, right. the terrible campaign shirts. Yeah, and we're like, oh, well, I guess we'll make some stickers and we'll try to like talk to people while we're there. But it was weird because our emotions were definitely very... um 
tumultuous because we did have that wonderful moment with launching SaveDaredevil.com and then having Vincent visibly support us. And then we were just hoping that like Charlie had hopefully seen some of that and like knew that the campaign was there supporting him. But, you know, it was just like it, it was it was good for us emotionally to be able to like go there and like see him. At that time, we had made a little book for him, I think, of messages from the Save Daredevil team, which I think was a good morale booster to be able to be like, hey, Charlie, we're thinking of you and know that we will support you no matter what, you know, kind of thing. I remember talking to you about what was it that we were going to actually say to Charlie or what should we not say to Charlie? Because yeah. we don't know how he was feeling. And we um, at first we were like, should we ask him to give a message to the fans, you know, to the boost morale? And then in the end, we decided, you know what, we're not going to put him um, on the spot. And we did not want to, you know, make him feel like he was pressured into saying something he was not comfortable with or he was not legally allowed to at that time. So all, all we decided that we're going to give him that Dear Charlie book and then we'll tell him about the petition and tell him about the numbers. And like, you know, that's what we did on that first day when in the autograph line when you met him, you gave him the book and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll read it on the plane and I'll look really weird reading a book about me. <laughs> He was very and cute then, about it, yeah. He was, and he was very thankful and very grateful. And then we told him about the petition and he said, yes, I've heard about it. This is so cool. And I said, you know what? We have uh, this many, 160,000 people had signed it by that time. So I gave him that number and he was very, very sweet. And that was it. Like, you know, that's all we wanted to give him. Just relay the message from the hundreds of fans that we were interacting with that, hey, we love you, Charlie, you know, no matter what. We love you as Matt. We love you for the work that you did. And that's, that's it. And then the most amazing thing happened. At the panel, he gave us a shout out. Yeah. He literally like pointed us in the front row and goes, look at these guys sitting. He's ver they're wearing the t-shirts yeah. and there's a petition. Sign it, sign it. And it was <laughs> so surreal. And what was really cool, too, was because that was the next day. So when we had that, you know, we had that great interaction with Charlie. And then we at that point, we had also planned, you know, we're going to do some giveaways. We're going to make sure to get some stuff signed for the fans. And that's when we kind of try to figure out our strategy for talking to fans. And we're like, you know, there's lines of people waiting for Charlie, waiting to meet him uh, for photo ops or for autographs. Like, let's talk to these fans. These are the ones that need to know about the campaign. So I remember we just started talking to people in line. We gave them stickers. A lot of people didn't know about the cancellation, so they were hearing it from us first. And it was just so, like, that energy was so, because it was so new to us, you know, like that interacting on the ground with fans and real life energy. And it was so, everyone was so nice. And it was so great because by the time Charlie did his panel and he shouted us out, I think people already knew that we were the Save Daredevil girls you know, <laughs> who had been giving out stickers like all con so far. Um, I remember the people around us were like so sweet and so like, yay, you know, Save Daredevil. Um, and that was really, you know, in retrospect, like that energy was so crucial to kind of getting our feet wet for all the stuff that was going to come later on in the year, which we, we really couldn't even know what it was going to be like at that moment. But just being able to meet those fans, being able to talk to Charlie. Oh, I just want to also shout out that we, we met a couple people there. Um, <laughs> another person whose name is Phyllis, which was like a shock for me because I never <laughs> ever meet other Phyllises who are under the age of 50. <laughs> and her friend, and they had made their own Save Daredevil shirts. Now... <laughs> You know, we did not expect to like run into anybody wearing Save Daredevil shirts at that time because they only literally just came into existence the week before. Right. So, you know, when you think about our our con meetups later on, where you have a whole room of people wearing Save Daredevil shirts, that was not the case in January 2019. So extra shout out to Phyllis and her friend for just making our day so much. That was just amazing. I can't even imagine that because like having gone to all these big cons, I mean, every time I still see a safe Daredevil shirt in the wild, you know, and it's yeah. not like, oh, there's that person that I know is coming <laughs> and I'm looking for. Right. And when I see one, it's like tremendous. And so seeing one that first week had to have just been amazing. We were like, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a picture of us, like all four of us with our shirts. And it's just like yes. we we're so excited. It's a real thing. It became real to us at that time. Right. Exactly. I mean, and, and like a lot of things, we were there for both the days. And I've already talked about the second day, the conversation that we had with Charlie. 
for those of you who have not uh, listened, uh, it was in uh, episode four where we talked about how did you become a Daredevil fan, part one. So I talk about my conversation with Charlie. So anyone wants to check it out, please do. So we're going to hop over to our next event. And while this isn't specifically a con, it is con adjacent. And Rhiannon has some thoughts to share about participating in our first Save Daredevil New York City meetup that we organized in February 2019. I think like the theme of all of these like very early cons was just sort of campaign becoming real in real life. Like uh, one thing that we started talking about when we were planning this podcast is, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of signatures and you can see a bunch of people using hashtags, but there is something so different when you get a whole bunch of people together and for me, I was not involved with Save Daredevil behind the scenes. And I just started getting these texts from Shelby, who is, you know, who was involved from day one. And they were just kind of like, hey, uh, which Fridays do you have off of work? Because I got like every other Friday off work. And it was just like something was being planned and they really wanted me to, you know, be there to be a part of it and all that. And next thing we knew, there was a Save Daredevil gathering on a Friday in New York City. But I later learned, like, very much kind of wanted to be on a weekday, so it would be small. So, like, because we had no idea what to expect. You know, and that's where I met, like, a few members of the Save Daredevil team all at once. And they were amazing. Like, they were enjoyable people to be around, which is not always the case. I mean, I have met people from the internet many times. And there are times where you're just kind of like, okay, nice to meet you, but <laughs> <laughs> You know, but, like, this whole group. And we had... The most iconic New York City day. I mean, like there was an itinerary throughout the whole day. <laughs> you know, like the actual meetup was at 6 a.m. at Good Morning America outside, like with signs and wearing your shirts and everything. And I, we do have to shout out Lauren, who was the mastermind behind the planning of this meetup. And it was very cool that there was a mastermind. And that there was this plan. I mean, it wasn't just, hey, guys, let's all meet at Starbucks. There was a plan. There was an itinerary. It had purpose. It had meaning. It was well thought through. And this is when, like, the Save Daredevil campaign to me kind of was like, okay, like, I've seen brats on the internet just tweeting, save my show. This is different. These are people that are very thoughtfully doing what they're doing. They're enjoyable to be around. They're, they're doing everything with intent. I mean, I, I think we've talked about it in other podcasts, I'm sure, I, or during our... Um, our panel. Yeah, during our panel. But, like, actors from the show came and met us there. Uh, uh, Royce Johnson and Jeff Cantor came and met us. And we ended up sitting at a Starbucks for hours with Jeff Cantor. He, well, he's furiously, like, texting Joe Casada <laughs> to see, like, he realized <laughs> we were real and good people. And he's sitting there trying to get Joe Casada to, like, let us in the office. Because our itinerary had go to Marvel and knock on the door. Because um, we had a gift. We had a gift yes. prepared for Joe Casada. Yes. yes. Okay, sorry. Go to Marvel, knock on the door, and give Joe a gift. Yeah, not just um, so. <laughs> I mean, it was all very respectful. It wasn't go beat down the doors at Marvel. It was like, go and respectfully ask if they will let us in. Um, And they kind of did. They let us through the door, at least, and (laughs) let us take a selfie and then ushered us out. (laughs) Um, But I mean, like, with this gang of people on a random Friday morning, we're going down to the Marvel headquarters, you know. And this all was like exactly two years ago. It was the billboard. The billboard yeah. was amazing. Yeah, we went from there to Times Square, where we met Naquam, and we saw the billboard. Yeah, somebody had reached out to the campaign and done the billboard. And, you know, there again, like, hanging out with the team, like Lauren explaining, okay, here was our thought process of doing the billboard. Here's how it happened, blah, blah, blah. It just made everything so real, and everything felt very rational for what is insane. I mean, that day was insane. Uh, You know, it was just sort of my first in-person contact with Save Daredevil, and to me it very much changed my opinions of the campaign. So all of these other interactions that we had later on, I approached all of them as if, hey, I I want them to have the same experience that I did that first day in New York City and and like us the same way. Right, yeah. I remember after that, I do believe I mentioned this in the team panel too, but I think we got less shy about (laughs) asking you to just come and like, hang out with us more. So. I still didn't like officially join the Save Daredevil team until like a couple gatherings later. Right. But it was pretty much Shelby like, I'm tired of forwarding your ideas. I know. Just, you know, like, join the freaking Discord. Yeah. 
I think by the time Wales happened, you were already part of the team, right? No. Yeah. No. No. no? Okay. No. It, it took you. that. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so now Wales. So now Wales, which is when we hopefully won Rhiannon over. Well, yes. <laughs> like even when we were in New York, Casey. I think Casey wasn't a member of the team then. No, she but was new she... to us that day. Yeah. Yeah, she had showed up with a whole bunch of 3D printed stuff mm-hmm. and had this crazy idea to make a trophy of a daredevil throwing a microwave. And like, she started texting me about it afterwards. And I'm like, go talk to the real people. I'm officially involved <laughs> with them. Like, go, go do it. So then, yeah, somehow we ended up in the UK. I wasn't there, so I got to hear from you guys. <laughs> Tell me about Wales Comic Con. So the seeds for Wales and London were planted in the ACE panel. Then people were asking Charlie about betrayal. And then Tom showed up. Uh, you know, he crashed his panel. And he goes, yeah, you guys buy tickets. I'm like, at that time, I was like, ah, no, it's too far. I don't think I'll be able to do that. And then later on that month when he signed up, for Wales Comic Con said, okay, now it's just two countries, <laughs> one continent, maybe I can make this work. And end of January, I already booked everything. So, I mean, I had a fantastic time. Charlie is just hilarious. He really can tease you if he realizes what a huge fangirl you are. <laughs> I remember standing in the autograph line and I'd, I mean, I just met Amy, one of her other team members from UK. Um, then I got to talk to Charlie. I know that he doesn't remember me from, um, you know, Arizona, but when I mentioned my name, maybe I think he kind of remembered my name because it's kind of, it's, it's not a common name in this part of the world, right, Aisha? So he said, I've met you before. And I'm like, I don't know if you remember, but yes, I was in Arizona. And he goes, um, do you know Tom was there? And he's just got this, you know, serious look on his face and he's looking at me. And Amy is the one who says, when he asked that, the expression on your face was like, huh? And, and I said, yeah, I know, I know Tom was at Ace. And he goes, um, yeah, you remember, right? Tom Hiddleston was there. I said, um, yeah. And I'm just looking at him and he goes, but you were not there for him, were you? You were there for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, duh, Charlie, of course I was there for you. <laughs> so he's, um, he's, he's, you know, he's funny. He's a funny guy and he's um, so down to earth. He was so generous and I told him that, hey, you know what? My whole contingent is coming tomorrow. We have more Save Daredevil people coming. And he goes, oh, do you want a group photo? I said, um, yeah. I'm like, we, this was a dream, right? And I, we didn't even have to ask him. He just offered it. And the next day when we all showed up in our Save Daredevil shirt, he's like, you know, okay, yeah, you, you, you stand there. You stand there. We're the tallest. Let's stand at the back. And like, he was the one who organized that photo shoot with the group and then he um you know we had tons of stuff for him to sign for charity because we were doing the charity auction mm-hmm. that was our first one yeah and he very generously signed everything that we placed in front of him he, uh, when i mentioned um site savers he said oh yeah i'm going i'm i'm going to uganda with them in a few weeks so he you know he was he was amazing and then we gave him the golden microwave award the same award that <laughs> the germ of the idea happened in New York. Right, right. And um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And I mean, like one of my biggest memories of that and, and all of these cons where like there's the chance to meet or all of these situations where there's the chance to meet Charlie is seeing the people, the other fans in the line. I just remember in Wales, there was one fan that was so nervous you know like we're mm. all in line to I meet charlie that. and she was so nervous and i was just like you're fine trust me he is going to make you feel comfortable like whatever he does you know and just watching those people come away like seeing people i, I don't know i could enjoy at cons just like sitting back and watch people after they have these experiences and see how people just glow after they've had their chance to go up there and talk to him and get whatever signed and or looking at their pictures. It's just that to me is the magic of these events where all of the fans are having their dreams come true. 
And Charlie especially is one of those rare ones that goes out of his way to make each fan meeting as personal as possible. Because when you do go to cons, you realize, oh, this is like assembly line. Like they want to spit people out as quickly as possible. And Charlie is usually the one that's like, wait, 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 you know. The people I, officially with that yeah. con when he was signing all of the like stuff for charity because there was a there was a fee. I mean, like a massive charge mm-hmm. to get something signed. Yeah. And Charlie's just sitting there like subconsciously like signing everything in front of him and handing it to us. The person with the con was just sitting there about to have a cornier. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, what the heck? you know, he takes his time. Yeah. With each fan. He's just the most um, nicest, most kindest person you'll ever meet i'm like i'm usually very shy with celebrities he's the only guy only actor that i don't feel you know i'm not shaking when i'm seeing him because he's just so down to earth he's just very normal and he shouted you guys out too there as well right on his panel with Haley atwell who i mean Haley atwell oh my gosh like she is so gorgeous in person oh, but I'm the two sure. of them on a panel yeah like <laughs> <laughs> it was great yeah. So on the same trip, when we came back to London and um, you and uh, Shelby had a betrayal show to attend, right? Yeah. We had bought our tickets before all this other stuff was planned. So our tickets were for the weekend after Wales. Right. And uh, mine, mine was too. It was my birthday. So it, I had booked oh. my ticket on my birthday. Yeah. And the one that I'd booked three months ago. And um, yeah, so uh, after the birthday, I actually got a chance to buy another ticket, managed to watch the show twice, met Charlie again. <laughs> and then we did the, uh, our first London meetup in a crypt. It was so hard to plan a meetup in a city that I've never been. Like, I mean, hey, you did a lot of the research and everything, but we found this crypt. Leslie was the one who found that place. Yeah. And um, I just knew I, I've, because I've lived in London, so I knew the city and it was the perfect place. So actually. perfect. When you guys said we're having our meetup in a crypt, I'm like, gosh, we are so on brand. <laughs> <laughs> in a crypt. Well, and it was yeah. very close to the theater. And we did it on a day that there was like matinee. We did it during the times that like in a perfect world, Charlie could have come and joined us right. between the two shows, which he would never do. I mean, who has time to go join a fan gathering between two shows on well, the West well, End? He, he said it was his nap time yes. between yeah. the two plays. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we tried to. Learned. Yeah, like we tried to invite him. We gave, we did invite him, right? We, you know, he knew it was happening, yeah. but he just yeah. couldn't make it work at that time. Because it was nap time. Yeah. <laughs> Which was fair. But, you know, <laughs> just having fans in an international city coming out in their Save Daredevil or Daredevil t-shirts coming to meet us. It was incredible. Totally wild. And that was only the first one because we, we had ended up doing two London meetups. So there is a London meetup that happened, I think, later in the fall. Um, Same place. But just the fact that like, oh, yeah, we can have international meetups. There'll be enough fans for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blew my and mind. just like. Them even getting the shirts. Like, I think it was Leslie was talking about how hard it was to get her Save Daredevil shirt shipped. Yeah, because we used this North American company. And like all she paid as much in customs as she did for her shirt to get there. So to see (laughs) multiple people that have their shirts, like, (laughs) wow, the level of dedication. Yeah. And I want to give a brief shout out to just the European fandom without fear. Um, they are some of the sweetest, most dedicated fans that we've met online and a number of them have met in person, um, which again, it just, it really just blows my mind that the campaign can contribute to creating relationships that aren't necessarily, it's not just for the campaign. It's because we're all Daredevil fans and we all share in this thing that we love so much. And that can build connections and bonds between others that aren't just in our immediate circle. So that was just such a treat to see unfold over this year, you know, in between all the cons as well. Like international fans, even without the core team being present, they've gone to cons and have worn our T-shirt to represent the campaign. So that means a lot to us. So we're going to go to our next con, which was San Diego Comic-Con in July 2019. This was kind of the big kahuna. Um It was myself, Rhiannon, and Shelby. And in retrospect, I am amazed that we pulled off what we did. 
because if you've never been to San Diego Comic-Con, it is no freaking joke. This is like the biggest Comic-Con in North America. In the world. I mean, probably in the world. Yeah, Yeah. it's Comic-Con International. I mean, Brazil might be bigger now. Yeah, it is capital C (laughs) Comic-Con. Like four packed days, uh, more programming than you can even think could exist in one weekend. And we were like, hey, this is our shot to try to do something big, to get some more exposure for the for Save Daredevil. You know, Marvel has a huge presence at Comic-Con every year. And, well, we're going to take advantage of that. Um, so I remember personally being very um, anxious and nervous. But what did work out is San Diego is my is where I live. It's my hometown. So it helped to have a little bit of a um, hometown advantage, you know, being able to use my car as a harder storage for all weekend. <laughs> um, because if you met us at Comic-Con that year, you might have noticed that myself, Rena, and Shelby literally had like two Save Daredevil tote bags on our arms at all times filled <laughs> with swag. But, you know, that was the energy we were bringing. We wanted to like go big or go home. We we made lanyards. We made fans. We made like everything you can imagine. There were pins. We did spontaneous giveaways. Um, That was also the same time they were promoting the prop store auction, too. So it felt like it was on people's minds, you know, because not just being like the first big con after cancellation, but they were they were putting up like Marvel Netflix stuff at at the Marvel booth because they wanted to try to promote this auction event, you know. And so, yeah, it was just wild. And I haven't even gotten to the good stuff. I'm going to let Rhiannon also pop in uh, with some thoughts, too. Yeah, I mean, I just remember all the planning. I mean, somewhere between Wales and Comic-Con and looking at how close these two were. Right. (laughs) I can't believe how we got from one to the other. But uh, that's all you and your nervous energy going into planning. Um, It definitely converts directly into planning energy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And having all this. I mean, but I do love. So, so, I mean, like one of the things that I love that I've loved about Save Daredevil at all the cons is like sort of the social situations and everything. Having something to go up and talk to somebody about um, makes it so much easier. So, but San Diego is just. I don't know, like you need a mission when you're there or else you're just going to like go nuts trying to be at everything. You're going to drown, essentially, if you don't have a plan. Yes. So this was like my third San Diego and I didn't really have a plan for it. Like there was no, you know, there were no Netflix Defender shows at all to go see. There were I didn't really have a whole lot of shows I was super excited about in general. So it was just like really nice to dig into the Save Daredevil plan and I swear my feet still hurt. <laughs> when you talked about your feet hurting, like my feet also started hurting because it's like that is a physical memory that I associate with right. being at San Diego Comic-Con. And our team, though, like we were small but mighty. Like I wish, you know, we're going to talk about New York. I, I wish we had the size of the New York team at San Diego, given what we ended up doing. But just that the fact that like y'all were just so on board and ready to go we got it done you know we we did all the stuff i already said you know we 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 did the giveaways we talked to so many fans and we threw our first party yeah we we found a great place within walking distance of the convention center and we had our first like major special guest which was eric olsen season three showrunner and he just hung out with us like all evening (laughs) and in a room full of daredevil fans and that was just like my brain because it was at the end of a, it was on a Thursday. So that was the first day of the con, um, mostly because we wanted to make sure we weren't counter scheduling against like big things that usually happen in the weekend. And I remember the, even the planning of it was just very like tumultuous because it's so it's so hard to plan parties during San Diego Comic-Con weekend because there are just so many and there's just so much going on. And we learned a lot from planning that one because with like ticketing and stuff, we realized like, oh, we should have um, put more limits on this because they just like, quote unquote, sold out, even though it was free, sold out right away. And then we were like freaking out about, you know, are we going to be able to feed everyone? <laughs> Like feed everyone. Are we going to have 150 people show up? Exactly. You know, we made swag bags for everybody. Um, We had like free stuff to give away. But again, it was so exhausting planning and like having that first long day there. But when we got to the pizza place, which um, basic pizza, if you're ever in downtown San Diego, um, the manager there was so kind and working with us to like 
book the space. Um, he also, after the fact, told us that, you know, him and his wife are also fans of the show. And he hoped that we would be successful in our campaign. Um, but when we were there and just even that the energy there was still nervous for me personally, because I'm just like so many things to plan. But the fans just all like hanging out and having a good time and like Eric offering much like Charlie Cox offering all these stories and everyone's just like sitting in a raft attention. And I don't know, that's going to be one of the most memorable things I've ever done at San Diego, like ever. And and he also did the Google Hangout with the rest of the team. Right. We we made sure to try our best <laughs> to um, lock him in for a little bit of time to kind of step aside and say hi to the team. Because, again, we were a very small presence. It was just the three of us that were there from the actual team. And we wanted him to know, like, just because it's just us three representing Team Save Daredevil, even though you also met a lot of people from the Phantom Without Fear, like, there's a whole global group of ladies that are putting in the time and the effort to make this campaign what it is. And so I am very, very happy that he was able to say hi to everybody, even though it was really hard for him to hear everyone because it was just loud. But yeah, it was it was just so much fun. And it definitely set a template and I think like a level of, oh, yeah, we can definitely do this again. And you had like the coasters. Oh, you right, had, the coasters. I you know, know like there was, totally there was a little bit of like a branding situation. I mean, like, because if there's one thing Save Daredevil has done, it's been branding. Oh, yeah. You know, so we had like the party coasters for everybody and like some little signs that definitely mm-hmm. made it easier down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we definitely tried out a lot of things at Comic-Con that I think, you know, hopefully when we do get to go back to cons again, we'll be able to bust those out of our toolbox. I also wanted to share like an adjacent memory that's specific to the campaign, but we had the opportunity while we were there to meet a member of another Save Our Show campaign, which was so cool. So we met um, Ed from the Save the Expanse, which at that point had already become The Expanse Lives. We were planning to propose for New York Comic Con. Right. So we had gotten up with some. Yeah. Yeah. We were still planning our application because it was due like a week after San Diego. Right. right. <laughs> we were like, let's just meet and have drinks in San Diego. Yes. Because I remember we, we reached out to a few campaigns and I think it just turned out that Ed was already going to be at San Diego because he was going to be there um, for Expanse stuff. And um, that was also like one of those. It can only happen at Comic-Con. We just chose like a random place like in the gas lamp. Um, squeeze into like a grungy diner booth. Most of us ordered like breakfast food for dinner and just talked about our campaigns and like shared campaign war stories and like shared strategy and like what worked, like how, how did your campaign like unfold? What happened? And like comparing notes because the Save the Expanse campaign was very different from ours. There's kind of happened within the course of a few weeks. Whereas at that point we were still, you know, we were still in our first year of, you know, potentially two years. But just that opportunity to like talk to another fan, but not just another fan, but a fan who helped run, you know, the campaign for his fandom. And I don't know, it's the whole like being able to meet the people behind the hashtags and know that they are real people and like actually really cool people and find that common ground. Because even though, you know, I think at, after that, we were like, OK, so you watch Daredevil and we'll watch The Expanse, right? Yes, yes. Um, and they did. We saw them again at New York. Like the whole yes, we did. team came up to us in New York and they were like, right. hey, watch some Daredevil. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. By the way, to the experience team, a lot of us actually have like caught up entirely with the show. So we're there with you for the next season. <laughs> and I think the other thing that was cool about that meeting, too, was um, I think it gave us something to potentially look forward to because we we were talking directly to a a campaign that had achieved their goal. Uh, and kind of hearing all the cool things they had planned for their post-campaign life, um, especially with the show itself, you know, I think it, it just helped add some fuel to the tank. Like, OK, that that could be something that might be in our future, too. And that was really, really nice to have at that moment. And I think part of that also, um, like, I mean, with Marvel, I it, it Marvel is so locked down, you know, like. We know and we knew at that time we were shouting into we were shouting out and we were not going to get any response, no matter how successful we were, no matter if everybody behind that wall at Marvel loved us and wanted everything to go. There really wasn't much that we would ever hear officially, maybe ever. <laughs> you know, like, And 
for one on the San Diego floor, like we did kind of like people at the Marvel booth were kind of like, yeah, we know you, you know, like we, we got all of those little winks and nods and all that. But also and talking to the Expanse folks, like they had a very free back and forth with the people behind the scenes. And Ed was there because Amazon, did they fly him out or did they just, they gave him a pass? He at least had gotten his pass from Amazon. Yeah. I think they hooked him up to, yeah. to get there because San Diego is such a, it's a hard ticket to get. Yeah. So they very much got that energy back from the people behind the scenes, the producers, right. the, the people at Amazon and everything like all of that. So it kind of was like, okay, that energy is probably there, even if Marvel can't reach out and, you know, like maybe when Daredevil is saved, they'll give us Comic-Con <laughs> passes to be in Holly H. With. Right. But, you, but you're right. Even without even knowing that we're never going to get a direct response right now, we felt so much positivity because you're right. They definitely knew who we were <laughs> and they definitely knew why we were there. And they were like so sweet. Um, mm -hmm. And so I needed that, really needed that boost because that was about, that was a little over six months mm -hmm. um, of our campaign. And, you know, it was, we had a lot more to go. So yeah. every bit of um, of positive energy we could get. And and I, I think that's the thing in person, that energy just feels so much more alive and specific. Um, that really, really helped. And I think, again, like our energy went forward, too, because I remember like when we first walked up to the prop store guy, he saw our Save Daredevil shirts and like there was a look of actual fear in his eyes. Like there was, please don't hurt me. I'm just here to do my job. <laughs> and like, and he even said something to the effect, you know, he was like, please don't shoot the messenger. And we were like, no, dude, like we're just really excited to see this stuff in person. Right, and all that. And yeah. he was like, he was like, oh, good, because I had no idea what to expect. When the Daredevil fans came, like, I, he was like, I really didn't know how people were going to feel and how they were going to treat us and all of this. And it was just like very interesting to see, you know, by the end of the con, we could just go by and they'd like fist bump us, you know, like people learning that we were good natured and positive and upbeat. You know, I think it did go both ways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think this is a good point to transition to our last set of con highlights and this is one that you've heard from us before, but, you know, there's there's just a font of memories to share from this one. And this is New York Comic Con, October 2019. And I think this one sticks out so much. I mean, like even Marvel has said this. New York is Daredevil's home. This is the home of the show. This is the set of the show. This is where the show filmed. This was like our campaign got to Hell's Kitchen. We were already, we had already decided that we were going to New York Comic Con earlier in the year. And then Betrayal came to Broadway. Right. <laughs> this yes. is end of June when, you know, the London run had ended and I was at work. I was at a, at, at a work lunch outside somewhere. And my phone just like, you know, started beeping and I was, it was in silent, but I could see the, like DMs coming. And I'm like, what's going on? And then, and I looked at it and like, oh, Betrayal, Broadway, Charlie. I'm like, when? And they said, you know, like, oh my God, during New York Comic Con, there's going to be Betrayal in New York? I'm like, okay, we're definitely going then. <laughs> so that was, you know, New York Comic Con. I love it. This was the second time I was going to be there. And I love the energy that brings together. But this was the first time that we're going to have a huge team save Daredevil you know, get together, uh, much more of the team members were going to meet. And um, I was so excited about it. I mean, I live in New York City, so this is my home. It's mm -hmm. like I want to make it big, but I don't have a car for us to pull a little like <laughs> truck full of swag up to. It was a lot of like a lot more logistics when you're having to carry all the swag through New York City. On the subway? It's a solid <laughs> 1.2 mile walk from my house to the con. And we've talked about feet hurting. Um the thing about New York Comic Con is you're always going to have your Daredevil cosplayers there. Like, there doesn't need to be a Daredevil event there to be full of Daredevil fans because it is his home. Um, and it's such a different vibe than San Diego. Not better or worse or anything, just a completely different vibe there. So in San Diego, we knew that Eric Olison was coming. Like, he, he messaged us and he was like, I'm going to be coming. If you want to advertise it, you can advertise it. And we were just like, you know, stuff comes up. 
And we don't want a whole bunch of people to show up thinking they're going to meet him and him not show up and all of that. So we had a whiff that Charlie Cox would be coming to our party. We had been slightly forewarned, but nothing was ever certain. So we didn't advertise that. I mean, uh, sorry, before that, even like we're on the show, you know, like I was saying, whenever we see the Save Daredevil shirts in the wild, it's exciting. You know, if I see it and I don't recognize that person's face as being a part of the team. So we're at the Marvel booth while Joe Casada's up on stage and there's this woman in a Save Daredevil shirt. And it turns out that was Joe Casada's wife, like just standing at New York Comic Con wearing yeah. one of our shirts. <laughs> Like, what better endorsement is that? And we um, we'd printed out invitations for our rooftop party. So we made sure Joe Casada got one. We, you know, we were passing them to everybody. I think we I think Joe probably got three throughout the con. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio got one, like anybody that we thought might come. Um, yeah. And then we had our party. Right. And the day before we had done the betrayal together oh gosh, in, yes, in Team Saberdale. Yes, and we were all, you know, we got, you know, front row seats for our betrayal show, and we all wore Team Save Redival shirts. And Charlie, like, I mean, if anyone wants to uh, see what Charlie's reaction was at the, you know, stage door, go on our Twitter. It's all over yeah. there. And yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. like, he was just, um, he was amazed and so excited. And in true Charlie fashion, he was very gracious afterwards. Uh, to meet us and this was Friday night and then Saturday was the meetup and Saturday was the moral booth that we'd already you know done the rounds at New York Comic Con and we did our party in that same time period between the two shows of a trail that was nap time Charlie told us that was nap time <laughs> that's true and I and I remember earlier in the day there was Saturday I was at Madison Square Garden because I was attending a Star Trek panel there and um, between the panels I changed from my Star Trek t-shirt to my Save Daredevil t-shirt and got out of Madison Square Garden and met these two Star Trek fans who saw my Save Daredevil shirt and he goes, oh, they started talking to me about the campaign. Apparently they were fans. And I said, are you coming to the meetup? And he goes, you know what? Um, we're planning to. And I said, don't be late. There might be some surprises. And I, I remember that at the meetup after they came to me and said, thank you so much for telling us to come on time <laughs> because we didn't miss anything. We saw Joe, we saw Charlie and, you know, Royce and Susan and Naqam and like, so they, they were really happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, people that decided to be fashionably late to the party um, missed that window between the two betrayal shows. So. Right. Because it was, it was squash time instead of nap time. It was so, squash time. So yeah. Squash time. Nap time. Yes. Yeah. Which we yeah. just learned on, there was like a betrayal reunion interview. We just learned that like between the two shows, Charlie went and took squash lessons mm -hmm. so yes. that he could start <laughs> kicking Tom's butt at squash. So between the matinee and the evening performance, he and Tom Hiddleston had gone to play squash and he decided to stop by our party on the way home. Yeah, in his sweats and, uh, you know, holding the squash rackets. So, yeah. <laughs> so I guess he nap time. With a squash racket and a burrito. Right. And uh, nap time had become squash time and dinner time. I mean, we've talked about that meetup a lot. And that was fantastic. Not just because Charlie was there, but Joe Casada. I mean, he, he was the first one to arrive. And we got a chance to sit down with him and the support that we got from him. Even though officially, like, you know, Marvel cannot say anything. The fact that he was there and he supported the campaign, that was so good. Spoke volumes. Well, and I think to him, it there, like I was saying throughout the other stuff, it brought the campaign to life for him. Like mm. the people behind it. Because, you know, he's been around a, a, a lot of the comic book world. And he saw us as a very different audience. And, you know, I felt like he was interviewing us as much as we were like, asking him stuff just curious about this whole new group right and i think i, I don't know did he know that we were all women like he found out that day yeah I, I wonder if that was also interesting too because i think whenever people talk about the show and like the key demographics you know people don't usually think women of all various ages and backgrounds like is usually like oh men yeah men between um 18 to 45 so i think we definitely represented a very different demographic of the comic book genre fandom 
like he tweeted about us later. Yes. Like somebody was, was complaining about people that like shows that come to Comic Cons. And he was like, no, I met a group that, you know, like they started watching those shows and then they started reading the comics. And right. We should be trying to get those people. You know, yeah. should- right. And, and it's not just um, TV show fans. There were, um, you know, he found out that there are a lot of us were uh, hardcore comics fans from before the TV show was even around. So that was enlightening for him, I, I'm sure. And I think just as someone who was sort of very excitedly observing the weekend from the outside um, and like waiting for all <laughs> the updates, I just think this was just such a cool capper to our year of cons. You know, it, it did feel like this perfect climax. Everything that had built up from Ace to Wales to San Diego, filing to New York, getting to know and see the team meeting like so many different casts because even the people we, we definitely met cast outside of uh that rooftop party because vincent d'onofrio did the cup of joe panel with joe casada during the con and then you guys met jeff and peter um like i think before the con started and then i think at some point during that we dropped off some stuff for amy rutberg to sign for us for charity Within that like little set of like three days, just the amount of interactions that we had with people who were affiliated with the show, um, with other fans who obviously love the show. I don't know. Just again, that energy, like even though I wasn't there and I can only imagine how overwhelmed I would have been with that energy if I was there. But even like being someone who was just kind of following it online, it was just so cool and so awesome to watch and to like still feel that. You know, so even when we're making connections like in person and creating this energy in person, that still does translate back online to the rest of the fandom without fear to the other fans. And I think that was such a, a critical driver of, of our momentum again, you know, to kind of end 2019 because none of us would have guessed what 2020 would have had in store for us. So, you know, I'm so grateful that we had that experience to close things out with. I mean, I'm, I'm just so grateful that I got a chance to travel because in 2020, like scrapped all those plans and we're hoping that things will get under control at some point in the near future and we can start traveling again. Because I miss that. I miss meeting my friends and meeting other fans. And I hope and wish that the convention circuit will start again at some point in the near future. Not, yeah. Yeah, not far future. Near future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will start again. It will yeah. start again. It has to. This year. <laughs> I, uh, I, I gave swag to people in the vaccination line. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I got these pins. <laughs> amazing Um, i'm so ready for it that was like like voting we're waiting in a line i'm like i'm waiting in a line (laughs) (laughs) i know every time i end up in a line like a line to get into the grocery store i'm like i prepared for this already because i've attended cons (laughs) (laughs) you know i I give swag to people in my office right and the customers come i give them swag yeah yeah. They're like, Aisha, can you stop giving us swag? We really need cons to open back up. So Aisha yeah. can hand out swag <laughs> to other people. But yeah, I mean, this was such a fun. I'm, I'm very thankful we got to walk down memory lane on this one. I mean, I, I hope that for those of you guys who are listening, that we will get to meet you sometime soon and we will get to hang out and party again. Well, that is what will happen. We will definitely party again. But yeah, you know, if you guys have any notable memories from your previous con experiences, we'd love to hear it, if, especially if you were with us. But, you know, just just let us know what what are your favorite memories from the cons you've attended, because I think um, it's just nice to be able to share in those kinds of memories together right now um, as we as we look forward to more of that in the future. Yeah, I mean, just like we will do this in the future. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff um, that we've thought about, like the future of the campaign and the future of Save Daredevil and what it is and everything. Guys, 10 years from now, I hope that like at New York Comic Con, you know, maybe we've watched the new Daredevil five seasons in a movie. <laughs> um, but even if we haven't, even if everything like ends, like Marvel goes bankrupt tomorrow or something weird. I want to be gathering and meeting all these people at cons. I want, you know, and I want fans out there that have never been to any, don't be afraid to go to them. You, I mean, your feet will hurt. But other than that, don't be afraid to go to them. 
you will have a great time. Yes, they're crowded. Yes, there's so many things going on. But even within those crowds and everything, you will find your people. You will have a chance to talk to strangers. You will see somebody in a say Daredevil shirt and be like, oh, my God, you know, yeah. you'll, you'll have that reason to talk to somebody and go up and all of that. And, uh, you know, and when we advertise parties, come like, I mean, I know the New York one, unless there's massive changes to, you know, I will always try to find a place where as many people can show up as they want. Come be on time because you never know who might be there. And don't be shy about it. Because I know a lot of the Daredevil fandom can be shy. You know, it, it, it attracts a certain person. But we will do this again. Uh, you know, I, and I know right now for some people it feels completely unattainable that we will not have these cramped, crowded events. Maybe, maybe just the thought of it gives you anxiety. It may be different. It may look different. It may feel different. But it will be something that you want to come to. So let's do it. And we'll be there. We will be there with swag. Yeah, and like we've talked about going to cons with friends, but you can go alone as well. I've gone to cons by myself and I'm, I'm a shy person, but things I'm passionate about, my fandoms, you will always find fans in those cons and you can always interact and you make new friends and maybe cons will look different like Rian and said, you know, but that's fine. I'll wear a mask and I'll go. I had, there's no doubt in my mind that we will have this again. We just have to be a little patient. That's it. Well said, you guys. So yeah. So with that, share your favorite memories in the comments. Um, if you haven't started following us already, this is a great time to do so. We are at Renew Daredevil on Twitter and we are Save Daredevil everywhere else. And that's it for us today. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.